updated stories regarding the Iranian regime and apparently the infiltration into our government cozying all the way up into the White House up to and including having individuals that were actually working on behalf apparently of Iran in um, the the lead up to Biden deciding to pay ransom in exchange for hostages, and all this time Biden has also been trying to reestablish the efforts of Iran to develop nuclear weapons while masquerading it as an attempt to prevent them from developing nuclear weapons. Uh, Adam Credo of the Washington Free Beacon has been following this, and this is. <clears throat> The, the stories that don't get coverage versus the stories that do with mainstream media. And for all of the, the, the outrage that we experienced in the name of Russia trying to influence our foreign policy, which, of course, in no way, shape, or form did any of what they were accusing in terms of infiltrating Trump's campaign, none of that actually occurred. In the meantime, we really do have... The Iranian regime infiltrating our government. This isn't in dispute. And this is the number one exporter of terrorism in the world. And in the meantime, Biden paid him billions of dollars of ransom. And continues to reestablish ties with them that will benefit them in their desire to have nuclear weapons. I, I mean, you want to talk about real, true life implications. The latest developments there I want to share coming up here in just a couple of moments. I want to first get the latest news update. Good morning, everyone from Color 10 Studios. I'm Angela Luna. We're learning more about an inmate who escaped from the Phelps County Jail over the weekend. Authorities say Jonathan O'Dell was able to break out of his cell Friday night by damaging its structure. He stole a truck after the escape and led deputies on a high-speed chase. The Ray County Sheriff says he came out with a gun drawn. Knowing Odell's past of recruiting for a militant group. He was originally arrested following a shootout in 2022 with FBI agents and indicted for a conspiracy where he and a partner planned to shoot at immigrants trying to cross the U.S.-Mexican border. And more charges have been filed against an inmate who escaped police custody in St. Louis. 45-year-old Tommy Boyd is now charged for escape from the Department of Corrections, unlawful possession of a firearm, and two counts of sealing. Boyd was taken to a St. Louis hospital last month where he stole a set of restraint keys and freed himself. He was recaptured 16 hours later. Reporting from Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. And we do have the first alert forecast from Color 10. Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt, mostly sunny day today, though plenty of clouds right now. A high today of 83, slight chance of showers and storms overnight, 64. Showers, storms likely tomorrow, 75 with a... 50% chance of showers and storms Thursday, high of 75, Friday sunshine 65. A very hot item is going to be available at ksgf.com Friday at 10 a.m. 
our Ozarks for Less half-price deals. And this is just in time for Halloween. It is Hotel of Terror and Dungeons of Doom. You can get a two-haunt combo pass that gets you into the Hotel of Terror and Dungeons of Doom. And I believe that also comes with a hayride from one to the other. So you don't have to get back in your car and then drive all the way out, you know, on park and so forth. They, they do the hayride back and forth between the two. And for the two-haunt combo pass, just $21. Normally, that's 42 Those, I imagine, are going to go very quickly. So... Keep that as a reminder that you will be able to purchase those at ksgf.com Friday at 10 a.m. Okay? Okay. There we go. Uh, let's see. I did the weather. We're going to get a traffic update here, and then Iranian spies infiltrating the American government, according to a number of Republican lawmakers. Now, I'm sure you can imagine Democrats, including the White House, is saying it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. The number one exporter of terrorism in the world, infiltrating our government. Having wait, Part of what sparked, and, and this is in the information I'm going to share next, part of what sparked this realization and recognition is there was sensitive information supplied to a media outlet that was not supposed to go outside a certain circle of people within our government. And it became clear there was essentially somebody that was spying, that was working on behalf of the Iranians, and that they were leaking out this information. And so that began some, particularly Republicans, saying it looks like we may have a serious problem here. But as we've been told with the border and how secure it is, and with Afghanistan, what a success that was, and how the price at the pump continues to come down, and inflation is under control. We're also being told that there's nothing to worry about here. They're taking care of everything. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Uh, just a heads up, a nationwide test of the emergency and wireless alert systems is slated to be conducted tomorrow at 1 20 central time uh and a message is supposed to be sent to all cell phones so around 120 tomorrow uh you will you're supposed to get this alert i remember the first time this sort of thing was tested and it did not hit all phones it it ultimately was not a success uh it was during the obama administration and we were told well don't worry it was only a test yeah a test to see if it worked and it didn't. <laughs> I remember thinking that. I don't. That's not how that's. It's like test an aircraft and they continue to crash. Well, don't worry. That's just a test. Yeah, but I ain't getting in one of those things. Nonetheless, if you get that tomorrow, that is what that is about. Sarah Myers. Thank you. Well, I've been telling you about my friends over at Avis, the car rental company, and their long-term rental program. And one of the highlights of the long-term rental program is that you have no vehicle maintenance. And... Um, I went yesterday for my first vehicle maintenance checkup. I got my oil changed and I had a slow leak in my long-term rental program vehicle's tire. And so the Avis team, they were super friendly, very knowledgeable and very easy to work with. They had me in and out of the shop within 20 minutes. So I was incredibly happy with the service that I received. Now the long-term rental program, it really bridges that gap between buying a vehicle and leasing a vehicle. It's great if you are in the market to purchase a vehicle soon and you're wanting 
wanting to do a longer test drive. It's also great if you are a person who leases your vehicles and you're wanting more flexibility. And it's also great if you are a business owner looking to add to your fleet of vehicles. The long-term rental program, they have everything from Ford F-250s to Chevy Bolt EVs to even sports cars. So they have something for every season, every lifestyle. Now, if you want more information on the long-term rental program, just swing by the Avis store. It's located here in Springfield off of Bort and Sunshine. Speak to Lauren. And of course, you can find all of the contact information for Avis under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. I wanted to share a couple of stories. The Washington Free Beacon's Adam Credo has been keeping on top of the revelations that the Iranians have infiltrated our government, the White House specifically. This, of course, is being downplayed by the White House, just like the Chinese spy uh, aircraft was downplayed as nothing other than just some weather balloon, nothing to worry about. It's not collecting or sending information. We don't even know that it's going over anything sensitive, which, of course, every one of those things turned out to be a lie. And so we're once again, I mean, if, if there's an administration that has ever demonstrated, you can trust us when it comes to being spied on by our enemies. This administration, they've always come very clean with us over this. So one of the, the stories uh, Iranian spies infiltrating the American government, lawmakers warn. The, and, and you'll learn this isn't a secret. You just may not have heard about it because the media is clearly not going to put much of a focus on this. They don't want to further damage the Democrats' reputation as being reckless with our national security, particularly when we're supposed to believe that Donald Trump was reckless with our national security. And this story, incidentally, is so perfect up against a year ago, all of us being told that the reason Donald Trump should go to prison for having classified documents is because some of them had to do with Iran. And one of the reasons that he faces charges is because he put our nation in peril by holding up papers that may have had information regarding Iran, right? That, that was supposed to be our grave concern. Not this, of course. The Iranian government has infiltrated the Biden administration and obtained access to sensitive U.S. government information according to a coalition of Republican lawmakers who are investigating the matter. Iran has repeatedly demonstrated in the past several months that it has access to restricted U.S. State Department emails or government servers. This according to a letter sent Wednesday to the White House by congressional Republicans and obtained by the Washington Free Beacon. The series of leaks, which have appeared in Iranian state-controlled propaganda outlets, constitute a significant security breach of U.S. government property by a foreign adversary and could indicate that there is a mole inside the Biden administration, according to Representative Kevin Hearn and Joe Wilson and Senator Bill Haggerty. The probe is being handled by the Republican Study Committee, Congress's largest Republican caucus, and could force the Biden administration into admitting that Iran has breached sensitive U.S. networks. Now, you remember I mentioned just 90 seconds ago? Look at the difference in the coverage the media gave to the allegation that Trump put our nation in potential peril because he was handling documents of a classified nature dealing with Iran. What if that got into the wrong hands, we heard? 
Iran is the number one exporter of terrorism. They're a bad country. Trump's recklessness could have potentially led to Iran getting information that they should not have access to. Now, of course, that never happened, but we're watching it happen now under this administration. Yet the coverage compared to the pretend danger that we were in under Trump when it came to sensitive materials being given or you know ending up in the hands of the Iranian compared to the actual the actual uh, uh, obtaining of that information by the Iranians it's remarkable isn't it the investigation comes on the heels of a bombshell report Tuesday by Semaphore. Semaphore is it's a, a news outlet that covers a lot of international global news. Uh, the editor's former, one of the former, I think, editors of BuzzFeed, which of course went under some some time ago. So on, uh, they they had this bombshell report last Tuesday, detailing a vast propaganda network linked to the hardline regime in Tehran. The network known as the Iran Experts Initiative allegedly includes senior Pentagon official Arian Tabatabe, as well as other influential overseas academics who report to Iran's foreign ministry and help push Tehran's talking points with American policymakers. Several of those identified as members of the Iranian government-run network include former aides to U.S.-Iran envoy Robert Malley, who was suspended from his post earlier this year for allegedly mishandling classified information. In August, when news of Malley's suspension was just becoming public, the Tehran Times, a regime-controlled outlet, published reports containing what appeared to be sensitive U.S. government documents, including a sensitive but unclassified internal State Department letter that purportedly outlines why Mali's security clearance was revoked. Just a month earlier, the publication published audio, audio, of National Security Council Coordinator for the Middle East and North Africa, Brett McGurk, discussing in a private meeting what the lawmaker's letter described as national security options towards Iran. I, you almost can't write this stuff because the information that has somehow illegally leaked out to Iran is the sort of information that we were theoretically told Trump's recklessness could have led to. Both leaks, the lawmakers write, have the hallmark of an Iranian intelligence operation and may indicate that the Islamic Republic's intelligence apparatus has been able to obtain access to restricted U.S. State Department emails. Access to these networks is closely controlled, meaning that Iran has either hacked our systems or it was being passed the information by a human source within our government. The lawmakers indicate this could mean the U.S. government employees leaked restricted and sensitive government documents, either possibly or either possibility is gravely concerning. The lawmakers also expressing anger at the Biden administration for ignoring repeated congressional inquiries into the circumstances that led to the suspension of Special Envoy for Iran Robert Malley's security clearance. Members of Congress, they say, have obtained more information from the pages of the Tehran Times than they have from U.S. government briefings. So they're learning more from what Iran is publishing in their state-controlled papers than they are from our own government. 
These are lawmakers. Haggerty told the Free Beacon, quote, it's shocking the Tehran Times, a propaganda arm of Iran's terror-sponsoring regime, somehow obtained sensitive internal State Department documents about the suspicion of special envoy, or the suspension, rather, of special envoy Robert Malley's security clearance. The Biden administration must explain how this happened, especially after recent news reports about how corrupt administration officials and those close to them were directly involved in the so-called Iran Experts Initiative, an Iranian regime-run foreign influence network that operated in the United States as well as around the world. Haggerty and his RSC colleagues are asking the White House to verify if the repeated leaks are authentic and describe the steps the administration is taking to prevent further leaks of information to the regime. Now, there is a follow-up story, also by Adam Credo, also in the Washington Free Beacon. Member of that Iranian influence network that is referenced there visited the White House five times. An alleged member of the secret Iranian government influence network visited the Biden White House at least five times for high-level meetings with senior U.S. officials, according to visitor logs. Ali Vaez, an Iran analyst with the International Crisis Group, was outed last week as an alleged member of the vast Iranian government-controlled propaganda network that helped push Tehran's talking points in Washington, D.C., and influence policy according to Semaphore. Vaez reportedly communicated with senior Iranian government associates as part of the Iran Expert Initiative, the influence operation run by Iran's foreign ministry. The meetings raised questions about whether the Biden administration was aware of Vaez's alleged participation in the Iranian influence operation and may have given him insider information about the administration's diplomacy with Tehran. Another alleged member of the Iran Experts Initiative, Ariane Tabatabe, serves as a senior Pentagon official and holds a security clearance, prompting Republican lawmakers to demand her top secret access be revoked. Baez is a close associate with U.S. Uh, Iran envoy Robert Malley, who we mentioned earlier was removed from his post and stripped of his security clearance. That information, of course, leaked to the Iranians. Baez took at least five meetings at the White House between 2022 and 23, as the Biden administration was engaged in diplomacy with Iran that resulted in a hostage deal last month that freed up some $6 billion in revenue for the hardline regime. So the implication here is clear. That while the Biden administration is sitting around discussing perhaps their negotiating tactics, discussing what it is that they are and are not willing to give up, talking about the vulnerabilities of our country when it comes to dealing with the Iranians, all the while one of the Iranians working for their government is sitting in on those meetings. Aside from the fact that Biden demonstrates when it comes to foreign policy decisions, he's wrong every time. Aside from the fact that he proves to be a complete fool and an idiot whose decisions put our country in danger. This further helps us understand why it is that we got such a raw deal when it came to Iran and the pain for those hostages. 
because it would appear, based on all of this information, that they essentially knew anything and everything that we had that we were willing to give, the way that we were going to negotiate. They had a seat at the table, at our table. And incidentally, when it comes to the senior Pentagon official that was revealed as working for this Iranian network, the Biden administration's position has been no big deal. Hey, she's awesome. She's cool. She pinky swore. Just the nature of the Biden administration being a component in this equation tells us that it is not going to end well or to the benefit of the United States. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. Going to get a traffic update, but I want to read to you a statement that is, or a quote rather, from one of these pieces in the Washington Free Beacon regarding the Iranian government infiltrating not just our government, but apparently the highest levels regarding discussions of strategy and so forth in dealing with the Iranians and inside the White House. One of the individuals, a senior Pentagon official, was revealed as being part of the Iranian government-controlled propaganda network known as the International Crisis Group. And... Quoted in the piece is Gabriel Nerona, a former State Department official who worked on the Iran portfolio, saying that the White House meetings indicate that Iran's network of influencers pushed their priorities at the highest level of the government. In other words, they had infiltrated all the way to the White House. Nerona, who serves as the executive director of the Polaris National Security Think Tank, said, quote, The State Department has claimed that they have no reason to believe the Iranian influence operation infiltrated the U.S. government. The White House visitor logs reveal that claim to be false. This administration's refusal to acknowledge the existence or success of Iran's information operations reveal either extreme naivety or yet another cover-up. And there is a third possibility, which is beyond and even more frightening than the naivety or the cover-up, that is, if the cover-up is referencing the incompetence, and that is perhaps knowing and facilitating this. Now, why would they do that? Listen. When you have a president of the United States in which so many countries have been pouring millions and millions and millions of dollars into the bank accounts of that president's family, and let's just, the obvious, they have dirt on them. And I believe that there's a, very, in, there's a very, very good likelihood. It's one of the reasons that we as taxpayers are being forced to give Zelensky anything and everything he wants in Ukraine and being told to shut our mouths about it. Otherwise, we're Russian propagandist is potentially because of the dirt that Zelensky has on Biden regarding Burisma and the pressure to fire the former prosecutor. 
Is it beyond the realm of possibility that China, perhaps, which has been allying with Iran in a number of different capacities, perhaps has passed along some dirt about Joe Biden that allows the Iranians certain privileges, or at the very least requires the Biden administration to look away? We don't know the answer to that. And unfortunately, that is part of what you get when you have a president that puts himself in that position. We're all held hostage in that capacity. Traffic update. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Sarah Myers. Thank you. I wanted to read a review for my friends down at Quick Draw Gun in Monette. Michael wrote, This is the place to go. These guys will talk to you like they have known you their whole life. Great selection and fantastic service. New favorite gun shop. So that is a five star review from Michael for my friends over at Quick Draw Gun. And the reason I read that is because I, I had very similar experience when I went down there to purchase my first firearm. Um, I did not grow up around firearms. I had a lot of questions and I knew that I wanted to purchase my first firearm and uh, I had a lot of um, details that needed to be kind of ironed out and the the guys down there at Quick Draw Gun, they were fantastic with uh, helping me narrow down my purchase. They answered all of my questions. They were friendly. They were fair and that's why I love to recommend them. If that is the type of shop that you are looking for, then look no further than Quick Draw Gun in Monette. Uh, I recommend that you take a trip down there and you can restock all of your ammo. You can add to your collection. Uh, they also offer coating and custom laser engraving services as well, which would make Make a great uh, Christmas gift and believe it or not Christmas will be here before you know it. Now you can find all of the contact information, shop hours, address, all of that information for Quick Draw Gun under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. There is a story in Savvy Dime which I'm sure you check out every single day and the story is about evidently this new policy that Aldi has implemented regarding looking through, checking your bags um, before you exit out. Now, this isn't a nationwide policy, but apparently it is being left to the discretion of local management. Now, the headline is Aldi employees asked to deny service to shoppers that refuse new bag policy. Customers are outraged. I, I tell you, one of my biggest pet peeves is the use of the term outrage in news stories because you never know whether people are out, uh, actually outraged Does or not. Does it cause you outrage? Does it cause me outrage? Yes. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that in a minute. <laughs> I'm gonna, the, oh, you mean the use of outrage? Uh-huh. Almost it does. <laughs> it's just annoying to me because it's used for everything. There, There's no middle ground. I know. There, there's never a headline. It's like, hey, uh, customers are kind of ticked or... Uh, some customers don't really like it. It's automatically outrage. There is perfectly happy and outrage. There's no in-between in journalism. That's any how I feel about so, the word backlash. Oh, yes. Yeah, backlash. Backlash and outrage is just like, oh, for Pete's sakes, get a thesaurus. But not even a thesaurus because, again, it's not – anyway – the, the story reads that, again, it's a local decision that is left to the discretion. Well, I don't even know if it's left to the discretion of the stores, but it, it's a regional deal. I think we can all understand this is probably something that is more prevalent in big cities where we continue to see problems. And this is about theft. 
evidently, according to this story, customers who refuse are banned from Aldi. Now, how they're I don't even know how you would even manage that. I mean, what are you, are you going to put a picture of people? I, I don't think that that's going to happen. But I have noticed that there there are certain stores that, well, just Walmart for one. Some Walmarts in the area, when you walk out, there's no person that's even there, a greeter or a uh, a person that is standing at the entry and exit. There are some Walmarts, or at least one that I know of, that has a person there, and they kind of check, which Sam's Club has done that as long as I can remember. You know, you you, you show them your receipt, and they usually, they'll, uh, you know, use their little gun thing to do three or four different items just randomly. And I have also noticed that and I kind of feel bad because usually those they used to be greeters, but now I guess you'd call them security people uh, are oftentimes retirement age. And I have when I'm walking in, I have noticed that some people, they just act really disgusted by it or flat out ignore them and keep walking. And there are some people that just like, well, I don't want to be treated like a, I don't understand why they're doing this. Now, this is just my thought. Everyone has the right to their opinion. Do you not know what's going on in this country with shoplifting? I mean, I, now, to me, and evidently some people take offense to this, I'm not offended by it at all. If anything, the way I look at it is the more shoplifting that occurs, the prices go up. The more difficult the shopping experience is. This is why increasingly there are certain items that get locked up that you can't even just pull off the shelf yourself. You have to grab yourself. And so, I, listen, I... Uh, and I suppose this is how I feel. I don't like the fact that our society has gotten to the point where you have theft becoming so prevalent and people feeling so almost entitled to steal things that stores have to, uh, you know, take these particular tactics. But I don't blame the store for it. I mean, that's like getting mad at myself because I lock the door at night just to make sure nobody breaks in. You know, I mean, we, we you you take these different steps, and it. I I guess I just don't understand that when people get offended or upset by it, as if, well, you don't trust me. First of all, they don't know you. This isn't your sister. It's not your mom. It's not your neighbor. These, you know, they have no idea who you are. The difference between you and somebody that is trying to steal stuff. And so when these, I see that people are outraged over this stuff. Yeah, be outraged. But I just don't know that it's properly placed at the people who are trying to prevent their stuff from being stolen. Does that make sense? Yes. Am I way off base on no, this? No, it does here? make sense. I do. I feel bad for some of these. I, I've seen these folks and you know they they as nicely as they can oftentimes retired folks and you know they're just sort of without saying it you know how they kind of oh hey i need to check your stuff and the way that people sometimes just sneer at them and just ignore them and i think what a that has got to be one of the worst jobs one of the worst jobs but i i i just don't understand being outraged at the people who are being stolen from it. They just want to make sure that nobody is stealing from them. Take whatever steps that they can. So I, you know, if I get it, don't like it, but I'm certainly not mad at the victim.
which is the the store itself. I just wanted to share. I saw that Aldi story pop up, and it's I've been thinking about it for a while. You see, you know, I'll tell you another. I'm just gonna throw a thought at you since I'm talking about uh, the the changing environments of these stores, and there are people. And you may be one of them. And this isn't a criticism. It's an observation that will not check themselves out. They have these self-checkouts, and they're becoming more prevalent. In fact, Aldi, only the Aldi in Republic, it only has one person now that checks you out. Everything else is self-checkout. And I don't know how many of the others have gone that way. That's how Bolivar is, too. Okay, Bolivar. So I'm guessing that they're probably all going that way. Target has self check. I mean, this is just the direction they're going. And one of the things I've heard people say is, well, I'm not going to check. You're not, I'm not getting paid to check myself out. So I'm not going to check myself out. And my thought on that is, are you getting paid to go get your groceries in the grocery store or in Walmart? Are you getting paid to push the shopping cart around? Because they do pay people to do that. You don't have to do that either. Why why are you doing that? I to me it's kind of the same thing, you know? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not a criticism. I just I've heard people say that and I'm like, "Well, why don't why are you shopping then here at all? You don't have to do that. They pay people to do it. They're in the aisles. You can see them. Sometimes you got to sort of navigate around them." Just a thing to think about. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty, hiring, looking for more licensed realtors to join their brokerage. One-on-one training. Every agent keeps 90% of commission earned regardless of how many homes you sell. And for your $250 monthly office fee, personal office space, conference room, gym access. I probably wouldn't use that. Internet, business cards, branded marketing materials, and yard signs. And while all that is more than worth it, I still suggest that having Emily Johnson, owner, House Theory Realty, broker, all of that, that that having her there to guide you and as a mentor is without question the most valuable component of all of that. So if you're new, starting out, or maybe you're kind of in a rut, or you just want to level up, you see others doing better around you, and you want to know what the secret is, I would recommend you reach out and find out um, if there's a future for you at House Theory Realty. You can find Emily Johnson's info under Nick's endorsements at ksgf.com. Disney is doing a live-action Bambi, apparently, remake. So you you know how this is going to go, right? Because every time Disney, Disney seems to have this knack of taking, they're not the only ones. Let's just, let's say Hollywood has a knack of recognizing films that were popular and, and thinking, let's capitalize off the popularity, the, the nostalgia, but let's change it, (laughs) which of course makes no sense whatsoever. No sense. That defeats the whole purpose. If anything, you're going to have, which we see time and time again, the opposite effect. Because you know, the, the very people you're hoping that are going that are going to be your target are the people who want it to be what it was. And then it's not. 
Disney's live-action Bambi remake screenwriter says today's kids and parents are triggered by the death of Bambi's mom. So we know where this is going. Here's the story. Screenwriter who worked on Disney's planned live-action remake of Bambi said some of today's children and parents are too sensitive to handle the original movie's pivotal death scene in which Bambi's mother is shot and killed off-screen. Lindsay Anderson Beer, who worked on the remake but has reportedly since moved on, said the new version will be more kid-friendly in an interview with Collider. Anderson Beer said the original Bambi has not been seen by a wider audience of young viewers because of the way it handles the death of a parent. Now, I disagree with that. I do not believe the reason that more kids have not seen Bambi as opposed to 30, 40, 50 years ago, or whenever it originally came out. It's not because of the way that the death was handled. It's because it's an old movie. And cartoons, as time evolves, cartoons evolve, and then you have Pixar, and you've got all these, you know, it's just not as engaging for young people visually and with the storyline as movies are today when it comes to catering to young people. I, I, I mean, I think that that makes much more sense. Well, I, I suppose you could just do a test. If you have children, have you not watched Bambi with your children because of that scene or because you just haven't really even thought about it? Or you thought, ah, they'll find that boring. She went on to tell Collider, not to spoil the plot, but there's a treatment of the mom dying that I think some kids, some parents these days are more sensitive about than when they were in the past. And I think that's one of the reasons they didn't have or that they haven't shown it to their children, saying that the new Bambi will have, quote, more of a scope to it. And I just think that to be able to bring it to life for kids these days in a way that they may relate to a little bit more would be of service to the original. Out. How much, if any, all of that they'll change. I, I suspect that, like every film, they just can't help themselves. What appears to be, I, I, I don't know, virtuous, should not be seen as a positive. I don't think, because here's the thing about death. It's not an unnecessary lesson. Because... Everybody's going to deal with it at some point in their life. You know, there are certain things that one can look at in terms of storylines and be like, that's not necessary. But when it comes to lessons about death, I mean, that that's it is an unavoidable subject matter. And there was a day and a time where these real life things that occur that are going to be impacting on our lives, whether it's love or death or betrayal. Those were part of storylines, particularly when you were young, as a way to introduce it to you early on. So that when it did come, although death, for example, certainly isn't anything that is easy just because you saw a movie about it, but at least conceptually you are familiar with the idea of it. But what we do nowadays is we try to pretend like these bad things are never going to happen, so we don't want to trigger kids. We don't, So we, we just do everything that we can to make sure that they are never emotionally or intellectually growing. So when they end up being 30 or 35 or 40 years old, they emotionally are a 12-year-old. 
because we have protected them from being triggered from things like a cartoon deer being shot. Given that this is generally a leftist perspective, I can't help but recognize the absurdity of a culture that believes young people, children, are not emotionally mature enough to handle the storyline of a cartoon deer being shot and killed, but somehow are emotionally mature enough to decide if they should get a sex change operation. How on earth any thinking human being can say we need to protect children from a cartoon in which a parent dies, but we should trust them when, as an eight-year-old, he says that he's actually a girl and wants to have his private parts removed. Springfield's Talk 104.1, I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. Uh, regarding stores increasingly as an effort to combat theft is checking out, you know, that when you're leaving, you're not stealing anything. I'm not outraged, but the store needs a better loss prevention and not violate my constitutional right and search my property without a search warrant. Uh, not upset in the least, but the fact is this is my personal property at that point. Well, okay, so search warrant, that's government and law enforcement, um, but that is their private property. That's their private property. And the way, and hey, this is just my perspective on it. If I have a store that is my private property and I have certain rules in play, you want to shop at my store, like for example, Sam's Club, Costco, if you want to shop at their stores, you have to have a membership. If a store says part of shopping at my store private property is that on your way out we may check just to make sure that you aren't stealing anything because we don't know you from anyone uh that's their right to do so that's their private property there um it's one of the weird things is again like i said sam's club has done this as long as i can remember but for i i don't know if some people are just unfamiliar with the fact that this is one of the ways that they are, you know, that, that that they try and minimize losses. It, you know, this isn't anything new. It's just becoming more widespread. Um, and, you know, th- this is part of the loss prevention. Um, you, you know, it puts perhaps one could argue an unfair burden to say, well, you need to increase your loss prevention. They're like, okay, well, here's one of the ways we can do it. Well, not that way. Well, <laughs> but no, I, I understand I, I understand the emotional feeling that people sometimes have that, you know, oh, what are you accusing me of something? Um, but for me, intellectually, I get it. I understand. And um, I, I'm, you know, my anger, aggravation, annoyance is at the thieves and of a governmental system that has facilitated 
the understanding by criminals that it's worth it to them. That they will suffer anywhere from zero to very little repercussions for doing this. That That's where we should all be focused. Again, not the victims, ultimately, which are the stores themselves. I know we don't like to think of businesses as victims, but, you know, we pay for that. Every one of those stolen items, we pay for. No, insurance covers it. Who do you think pays the insurance? The consumer. Just a few thoughts. Friday, mark it down. Retro Metro, happy hour, 4 to 6. Would love to see you there. Glenn Beck is coming up next. I'm Nick Reed.